0: Thanks for joining us for this week's Tribe Supper. I'm Dominic Shaw, joined by Anthony Vickers and Phil Towntire as ever. Uh, we're going to talk Mowbray and why he hasn't got a job yet. Um, Danny Wilson got the boot at Barnsley this week, which once again set Tug's wagging as to whether Mogger would be the man to take over at the Tykes. Phil, vicky, are you surprised that Mowbray is still out of work? I, I am,
1: personally, because, you know, people will point to his CV and say uh, there's a relegation there in two sackings, But I think if you look a bit deeper... Um, his list of achievements is pretty impressive. I mean, he took Hibbs into Europe, and um, he was voted, I think, uh, Manager of the Year up there by the football writers. And you know, that's up against obviously Celtic and Rangers and the success they had at the time. And then in West Brom, he won, the, he won promotion as champions. He took them to Wembley in the FA Cup semi-final. He completely overhauled the squad. Bringing in players like James Morrison, who many of us are still scratching our heads as to why Borough sold such a promising young player. He picked up Chris Brunt, who of course wasn't at Borough at the time, but has become a really useful player at that level, uh, Championship and um, Premier League. And um, you know, all right, yes, West Brom were relegated, but I, his stock with the fans was incredibly high when they went. When he when he, when he went from there to the point where they had the famous Mogga masks, and. I guess the first down. We'll talk about Middlesbrough in a minute, and Vicky, you know, no doubt have have something to say on that as well. But you look at his time at Celtic, and I think he misjudged the climate a little bit at Celtic. But he was a little bit unlucky because he was. I mean, I know for a fact because I've been told he was given a brief to completely overhaul the way they played their football and the squad as well. And he went about that with relish, he got players out, as we well know, Scott McDonald, Barry Robson, um, Stephen McManus, uh, Willow Flood, um, the list is almost endless. And it was well into that project and they suffered a few defeats and a bit like Manchester United, a bit like uh, clubs of that stature, you can't afford to lose matches at Celtic. And I think that was where he was a little bit naive, he probably went at it a little bit too quickly. But they were a second in the table, they weren't going to win the title that season but that wasn't a complete disaster, they were still in the cup. If the board had held their nerve there I think that could have been a really good mix but you've got a fan base that just doesn't accept defeat and there was a couple of heavy defeats, the league title had pretty much gone and um, there was no patience and I think Celtic will probably continue to do what they're doing now, which was stumble from manager to manager, and never have a, a, a long-term plan of the likes that West Brom have got. So, I think there's a great manager there, and um, yes, he didn't made mistakes, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I'm staggered that in 18 months, he just hasn't got back on the horse.
0: And on the Middlesbrough, Dick, I mean, um, you talked there about it was barely a disaster at Celtic, and that was the case at Bury. yeah, the last few months was, was forgettable and quite painful to watch, but it was by no means a disaster, was it? No, far from it. I mean,
2: I think... The problem in football is that uh, time is the, is the really damning factor and the things that we've just said that make Tony Mowbray a, a good manager uh, are also the, the, the reasons why a lot of clubs won't take him and that is that he, he builds teams over a certain lifestyle, uh, a, a lifespan and you're probably talking in football to do a rebuild of 18 months and that's even allowing for the fact that you might have money and a bit of stability. Most teams don't have 18 months. Most people, uh, w- when clubs are looking for a manager, it's usually because the previous guy's been sacked and they're in a bit of a mess. So, th- in some ways, they're, they're looking for short fix merchants, uh, certainly during the, the season itself. In the summer, uh, maybe the market's a little bit more uh, open for, for Tony Mowbray. And, of course, we have to remember for the first year that he, he was out of work, he was still being paid by Borough at would, what would be quite a generous salary and maybe the clubs that would have been interested in him couldn't afford him mm. at that stage uh, obviously that that you know he was on a, a rolling contract so we assume that he stopped getting paid in october and since then he has been linked with a, f- a few jobs i mean we understand for instance he was on the shortlist at bolton uh, we understand that brighton took some kind of interest in him uh, leeds as well was it uh, i think he made it known that he <coughs> would Consider leads if they approached him and they didn't because the chairman there is looking for something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there have been nibbles, but it, it may be that clubs know that it's not a good move to bring him in halfway through the season because he needs time to, to put his philosophy in place and maybe a secure mid table club in the summer is the kind of place that would be a good fit with Mogger.
1: I mean, to be fair, he did come into Borough. He, he did. He did take he, over Borough when they were a little, pretty much a basket oh, case absolutely. after Gordon Strachan's mm. time. I mean, it's easy to forget now that Borough were staring relegation in the mm. face that season. And I'm convinced that if they'd got the wrong man then, Borough would have dropped out of the division. The team lacked spirit, cohesion, complete lack of fight. I remember that Leeds game, the one that preceded Strachan's departure I've, never, I, I've seldom seen a Middlesbrough team play so poorly so, so I, I almost use the words gutless, it was terrible and I mean, he came in at that point yeah. with somebody else's squad and a group of players, some of whom he'd just sold a few months previously I, I think that
2: was a, an important big tick on, on his CV yeah, because that's so. the first time he, he'd done that he'd come, mm. so he, he's proved that he can do that uh, but for, I think most people would see that the, the, the Tony Mowbray CV is building good, uh, fast, attacking, passing teams that's what he did at Hibs mm. that's what he did at West Brom that's what he was n- nudging towards at Middlesbrough uh, that's very attractive for a lot of teams mm. a, a lot of teams are looking to get away from the kind of long ball grind that, that pushes Gates down the, and pushes morale down mm. as well it's very hard to, to sell a club if it's involved in two or three years of that kind of football. So I think he has got an attractive CV. I think possibly the summer makes it more marketable when teams are looking for a coherent strategy rather than just a quick fix.
0: It's interesting that... Sorry, uh, Phil, because you look back and Southgate and Strecken have both gone on to enjoy varied success in the international game. Where does... Where do you see Mowbray coming back in then? Would it be in the Championship? Would he have to dip into League One? Or where well, do you think it'd suit him? What think, type of club?
1: I think the difference with those two and Tony is that Strachan and um, Southgate are, are, are national figures, in much because of their international stature. And obviously they played at the top of, you know, Strachan won championships with Leeds, the Cup with Man United. He had a terrific. I mean, God, the Strachan was an yeah. absolutely fantastic footballer. Make no mistake. And they've done um, well
0: as a manager, haven't they? And they've done reasonably
1: be. well as a manager, particularly at Celtic, as we said in terms of in terms of silverware. Gareth Southgate, you know, an England regular, played in Euro '96, was a terrific footballer, great, and a captain at Borough, a, a, one of Borough's best players, in my opinion, of all time, and but a genuine international name. Tony Mowbray isn't that well known outside of probably Glasgow. The West Midlands and T side because his his playing career was, was was impressive but relatively modest in terms of success in terms of so I think I'm pleased to see him start to put himself out there in terms of the media <coughs> doing goals on Sunday doing five live he needed to do that and I thought he came across incredibly well on on Sky in particular when he was given chance to talk about football talk about what he believes in about building a team about putting pride in a region he's a thoughtful guy. Um, and I believe any club getting him, and as you, you, the question was what level, I think, realistically, Championship, possibly even League One now, because he has been out of the game slot, I think it's critically chooses his club. Right, It must be very tempting now to jump at the first job offer yeah. that comes, but then do you, you work for a chairman who's trigger-happy, will give you five months, and if you've only moved up three places and you know, you've suffered a couple of defeats, are you going to get the old heave-ho? And that? So I think it's critically goes to the right chairman, because as Vic says... He manages a certain way. It builds clubs from inside. That you know, and I do believe that some of the benefits that we're seeing at Borough now can be stem- can be taken back to Tony Mowbray's day in terms of signings, in terms of the scouting structure, in terms of the philosophy around the club. You know, he didn't get everything right, let's not pretend he did, but in terms of building a, you know a team that we can all identify with and a, and a club that we'd be proud to be associated with. I think he was way, way ahead of his time on that.
2: I mean football's a little village and everyone within football knows these things. Everyone involved in, in clubs, running clubs, uh, either coaches or chief executives, know exactly what the circumstances were of Mogger of going to Middlesbrough and I think he earned a lot of respect because uh, financially the club was a basket case. And in the course of the three years that he was here, uh, they reigned in massive overheads, rebuilt the infrastructure at very little cost, it must be said. And we're starting to see the the fruits of that now. And for a lot of people, that will be very attractive. But again, it's, it's clubs of a certain stature because clubs lower down the league haven't got time to build a scouting network. They want someone who will come in and say, I, "I know these three lads, and they'll bring them in at, at short notice." So it, it has to be a club that has some kind of ambition to develop over the next two, three, four years, and presumably that also means a club that has some kind of resources. So I, I think you are you are talking championship from the middle upwards.
1: I mean, I think he has shown. Just sorry, just going back to to, to, to his Middlesbrough time. I think he showed at Middlesbrough. That it can work with a, a very small budget. That's what I was going to say. And, know, and
0: at Hibbs and at West Brom, than yeah, a certain. Yeah,
1: way. I mean, you know, at Middlesbrough, you look at the squad now and you've got George Friend, £100,000, Muzzy Carey, all the fans love Muzzy, I think he was something similar. Um, Grant Ledbetter on a free transfer, Dimi Constantopoulos on a free transfer, um, he had scouted Lee Tomlin, they'd scouted Danny Ayala. You know, a large portion of the successful players at the club at the moment can, can, can be traced back to Tony Mowbray's scouting network and some of the decisions he made. I think he's I think if you look back on his time <coughs> at Middlesbrough and you identify why it didn't quite work out as we all hoped it would. I think probably the investment he did eventually get came probably a year or two late because of the fact that the wage bill was still blocked up mm. with players from the Strachan era, it took a long time to get Scott Macdonald out, Nicky Bailey Barry Robson. Um, the, as I say, we could go on and on. And Borough actually had a big wage bill then. People forget that. You know that's why sometimes Steve Gibson gets annoyed when he hears people say, "Well, he didn't invest in the team during <coughs> Mowbray's time." He did invest, but he was paying players who the manager didn't want, and you stuck between a rock and a hard place. You couldn't get these guys out, so you had to pay them and you had to play them. Um, if Tony could have. Had the 2013 Summit in 2012, I think we'd have seen possibly a, a, a much better promotion challenge that didn't fizzle out at Christmas. Um, I mean, his first full season when he got buried to seventh. I know that the season tailed off, but really with that squad, mm. when you look back at that squad—Bartok, Benchy, Malawi Martyr, yeah. plays You know, you're literally talking about bought on a shoestring, signed on a shoestring that's I think what he should be showing to chairman when he goes for interviews and say look that's what I did with that group of players and I can do it again and I've learnt from my experience at Birra there were problems that's why he got the sack he could, the team had forgotten how to defend and I think he'd probably the natural cycle of a manager might only be three years these days and that's why I say he could have done with the sport he got in in, this, in that second year,
0: and, and the end of his first year. I mean, I think Borough finished this season as the form team, didn't not he? Certainly, yeah. certainly one of them, which yeah. kind of shows that um, even if he goes into a club and they're not his players, as managers say, he can still get them on side. He can still get them playing, and it must be appealing to chairman when a manager comes and see, the examples of Carryall and Friend, where they can spot talent, get well, it on the cheap. There's chief no and, question he's got the CV. Mm. Uh,
2: I think he needs to find the club that's the right fit, and very often that that's luck. that comes down to luck.
0: Uh, on the Southgate, then we we touched on Southgate. He was linked very briefly with the Aston Villa job. I mean, he's bound by to be isn't he? Yeah, yeah, not by any no, right. no, 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 no. Which is bound computers. to be isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> as a former player, I mean, he'd be mad, wouldn't he, to take? Betting <laughs>
2: aggregator. The betting market has become self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <no>. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> Tim
0: Sherwood favourite, and yeah. then he, Alan Kirbyshley seven
2: to one. Yeah. Uh, it, it means nothing. I mean, any. Any manager in, in Gareth Southgate's position would seriously need psychological help if they were to take over a basket case like Aston Villa. That's the bottom line, isn't it? He's got a cushy number. Uh, he's, he, he was uh, stung a little bit at Borough and he's fell on his feet in the England setup. Uh, he's getting plaudits now for the way they're playing, uh, even though very often that's just a question of luck as to which players are actually coming through at any given time. He's been whispered as a potential future England manager why would you sacrifice that to go to a club like Aston Villa?
1: I think that's right. I mean, you, you look at Gareth and he... he you know, he, he, the borough job came at the wrong time. There's no two ways about it. He, you know, he can we can sit here all day and discuss the whys and wherefores and why it was a bad move. And But he will have taken a lot out of that. If he's, You know, he's, he's not a daft lad. He will have realised that he made mistakes, He, you know... Um, and the England under 21 job, to me, seems absolutely purpose-built for him. He's not completely under the media spotlight like he would be with the senior team or with the Premier League team this day, and I think he struggled with that a bit, but, Um He's got the right idea about improving English players technically, so he is involved in the 17s and 19s, you know, he'll tell you about... Bradley Fuster, he knows about Hayden Coulson, he knows about these lads, you know, the Borough mm. players who were in the age groups. He came up to side a few weeks ago and spoke very well about the, those, that generation of players. It, it, as Vic says, it would be... It, the only reason you would take a Premier League job would be for the pay now, I'm sure. And I'm sure Gareth, after a successful career, it, uh, won't wouldn't be looking for, the, for, the, for a massive payday. Uh, and the Premier League life cycle of a manager now is so short... Why, why, as say, why would you go to a club that could potentially be relegated this season? And a
0: club like Villa, where learners, there's been no investment there. As well, we you know that
1: you. it's almost a managed decline, isn't it? Mm. You know they've had a go, they had a go under Martin O'Neill.
0: Spent hundred million yeah, quid. They yeah. hit a
1: glass ceiling, and they found well to, to to break through that glass glass ceiling would cost another, however, hundreds of millions of pounds, and they realised it just isn't worth it. You can bobble along in mid-table, pick up your you know your, your, your end-of-season paycheck from Sky, and, um, and and as Newcastle are starting to do, and a lot of clubs are starting to do, just chug along in the yeah. Premier League.
2: I think a lot of it is about ego as well, and uh, uh, whether you're going to test yourself in the Premier League and whether you believe that you're, you, you can be a great manager often comes down to ego. Uh, I don't think Gareth Southgate really ever measured himself like that. He never pushed himself forward as a... As a, a, a figure, as a, you know, as a personality, he was quite happy to do the job that he was charged with as a player. And, uh, and off the pitch, he was very, very unassuming. He was, he was a modest bloke, wasn't he? he? He was very rational and he, he saw where he stood exactly in, in football's universe. Uh, I don't think he would feel the need to put himself in the firing line to prove something. And I think he, he believes the job he's doing is a valid one. Mm. I, I think a lot of people might think, oh, under-21s, that's a nothing. But he, he does actually believe in, in uh, the role of that team as a stepping stone to, to the national national setup, And he thinks he's doing something that's worthwhile. I don't think he would set that aside to you know, what basically would be a vanity project.
1: No, I agree. And I think even just from the point of view of having a young family like he has... The under twenty ones is a much more manageable position. Um, you know, I do know that when he was the borough manager, you know, he lived and breathed the job, and he found that hard after coming from you know footballers. Whatever you say about how how hard they do or don't work, have a very short working day, relatively speaking. They rock up for training at ten o'clock, half nine, and they're back in the cars at one after they've had the dinner in the canteen. You know, so that is a massive change. To go from 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 a, a two or three hour working day to a twenty four hour working day, which is what management is, yeah. you know, he used to joke at press conferences about um, I was up at three o'clock watching the ashes on the on, on the box on the TV because I couldn't sleep last night when he was the manager. And he was, there was a bit of a joke in there, but he was also telling you that he's
0: he couldn't gone, switch because off. Because management goals, yeah. is a
1: full, you know, you believe um, I think managers much more than players potentially earn their money because. The pressures must be huge. You know, every decision you you make is now ultra Alan analysed. You know, you've got any, every any player that's not in the team is on your back to play. Or, you know, he complains about you. I think that was another thing that Gareth struggled with. His former friends were now his his his,
2: his employees. At the number of yeah. phone calls he was suddenly getting. Yeah, you
1: know. So it is a it's a hugely difficult trying job and. Um, I think, he's, I think the 21's a good fit for him. There will come a time after maybe, as Vic says, a cycle of tournaments or a couple of tournaments where he's well, I've been there and done that now. But if we take international football seriously, or, or if we take the development of our young players seriously, which we apparently are supposed to do, then you why shouldn't build the under-21 job be something comparable with a Premier League manager?
0: I mean, the Germans proved, didn't they? Absolutely. That, Joachim Loh yeah.
1: came through the system, and the Germans have done that consistently. Jupp Derval, going back a bit, um, yeah. even um, you know the, 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 the manager in the 70s, I forget his name now off the top of my head, but they'd all worked in that environment in the German FA. Um, you know, um, and, and, and that was seen as a legitimate step to the national team, so there was a continuation that's only as good as the employ- people who are being employed the course, and if somebody doesn't prove up to it, you know, we saw, you know, it wasn't that long that Brian Robson was talked about as being in the system, and eventually being an England manager, and Stuart P is similarly, yeah. you,
0: it's only so... Peter some, Taylor was the, Peter the Taylor at one you know, point, wasn't you he? Know, right? yeah,
1: yeah. You know, so we've seen that, but but international management is different from club management, mm. and I'd be interested to see if Gareth A got the job, um, how he would cope in it, because the, pressures, at top, Premier, that, that's nothing compared to Premier League pressures. The, the England job is just off the scale in terms of pressure. So, But that's, but at the moment, I think it's a good
0: fit for him. I think we're all out of tea, fellas, I do for this week. Right. Brilliant. Thanks again for listening. Gee.